Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. When it comes to missions, many times it is in great need at the moment. Other times it is ongoing and has long-term views. Today on this program, this weekend, we're talking to an immediate need that you've heard of and that you know of. And Nathan, when it comes to missions and what we're doing, uh, sometimes the urgency is right there before us, isn't it? That's right. And there's always an urgency to mission, to carrying out the great commission of making disciples of all the nations, of going, of baptizing, of teaching people to obey. There's an urgency that's always implied. It's maybe not always evident in our lives, but there's an urgency to what God is doing in the world. But sometimes that urgency catches our attention and we realize it and we recognize it, especially when there's physical suffering involved, uh, extreme difficulty in a crisis that demands a response from everyone, but especially those sent out on mission by God to make a difference in the world. And so there's a lot of critical needs, but one of the most important things that are in front of us right now in this moment is the earthquake and the response to that and helping the needs of people in Turkey. And uh, that's what we're talking about today. And you have a special heart for Turkey, don't you, Nathan? I do. I've I've been there a few times and just uh, thankful for the opportunities to do that. And a lot can be said about the people of Turkey and the beauty of the land and the opportunities that are there for God to work, even the history, you can read about it in the Bible. (laughs) Um, But right now, there's great need in a certain region of Turkey that I've not been able to visit at this point, but over in the, what we would say is the southeast area of Turkey where the earthquakes have occurred. With that in mind, I want to introduce our guest today. His name is Aaron Ashoff, and Aaron is the Deputy Director of International Projects for for Samaritan's Purse. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Nathan. I'm glad to be on your show today. Well, listen, Samaritan's Purse, let's just make a very quick praise the Lord for Samaritan's Purse. I... uh, my wife and I, uh, they're, they're part of our giving that we uh, share uh, with. We love your ministry. We love Franklin Graham, and thank God for what you guys do. I just want to say that we really do appreciate and thank God for Samaritan's Purse, Aaron. Thank, thank you, Bert. We appreciate those words. With that in mind, I, I want to make this very uh easy for you to speak and share with you what we need to hear. Tell us about Samaritan's work there in Turkey. Sure. Well, I one thing I'd like to say to the listeners, I'm, I hope many have heard of Samaritan's Purse and know who we are, but uh, we, we take our mandate from the Bible, from Luke 10, uh, that, that 
parable of the Good Samaritan, two things I want to say at the outset. First, there's a question about eternal life. So the most important thing to us is um, is Christ being made known in the world. Uh, just as you mentioned, we consider ourselves on mission in the world in a really unique way. So we help people uh, by providing physical and spiritual aid around the world in crisis in Jesus' name. So I just want to get that out there in front, Bert, to, to say that so listeners know a little more about who we are, and then I can jump right into uh, Turkey and what's unfolded there. Nathan, so, Nathan, go ahead, and I, I know you have some specifics, and uh, we want to hear about, we, right now, let's, let's see, is it 47,000 total uh, with Turkey and Syria, both the numbers? How many of those are in Turkey? About 41,000 death toll right now, or is it more, Aaron? Yeah, your your numbers are about right, Bert. Uh, the the majority of those deaths are in Turkey, but there's still thousands that we're aware of in Syria. There could be many more. Okay. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, well, you know, we're not just talking about deaths, as horrible as that is, but we're really focused on those that are living without a home, without... And Aaron, you can go into the details of, of what people are facing, but there's thousands and thousands more that are living through a crisis right now. So, yeah, Aaron, what what is going on in, in Turkey right now? Well, for us, we, we work throughout the Middle East. We have permanent staff in that part of the world. And on Sunday, February 5th, uh, bedtime for us is about 4 in the morning in Turkey and Syria when this earthquake hit the first uh, quake. And I was, uh, our team, I had team members in the region that called and just said, hey, we were telling you something big has happened, hasn't hit the news, but there's a big earthquake that's hit. And probably within an hour to that contact, we knew we would respond. Uh, this is what we train for. It's what we prepare for. It's why we exist. We made the decision to stand up an incident management team here at our headquarters in Boone, North Carolina, and quickly notified our roster of disaster assistance response team members to see who would be interested to go to Turkey with us and to help people, at this point, survivors of the earthquake. Uh, right away, we knew we would, we would try to send a hospital. So that was not a, a decision we had to think about for long, uh, and then, then it just was a series of events in us getting it there. The, uh, the, the day after the earthquake, we actually had team members in Gaziantep, which was the epicenter in, in southern Turkey. We had team members from Iraq that were able to get into the area and to see firsthand what was happening, and that was a chaotic time. That was a uh, time of shock. Uh, people were uh, had lost many family members. Were trying to um, figure out what was going on. No electricity, no heat. It's in winter. No food. Scarce water. Tens of thousands of people whose apartments have collapsed, and now they're out of buildings. So our team reported back a, a lot of shock, trauma, despair, lack of hope. 
was, was the initial uh, response of people, and it's understandable. They had many loved ones lost. So immediately uh, we began to look at what can we do. Let's, let's work with the Turkish government to try to get the hospital there. And within probably two or three days, we'd received an official invitation from the government of Turkey to send our emergency field hospital, which is a uh, is an amazing thing. I actually wish I could show this to your listeners. I was just looking at a picture of it today of the hospital laid in Turkey right now where we're bringing in survivors and those injured from the earthquake. But our emergency field hospital is a, in this case, it is a 52-bed modular hospital that can be palletized and sent on an airplane from where, we, where we're at in North Carolina to where we needed to go in the world. And we can typically uh, palletize. It's ready to go. So we, we get it to the airport as soon as we uh, know it needs to go, arrange flight permissions, make sure the host government's comfortable with the arrangements. And uh, as I said, 52-bed hospital, two operating rooms, an ER, an ICU, a pharmacy. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible thing to, to see. Typically, uh, 50 to 75 medical and non-medical staff needed to staff that because we're open around the clock doing life-saving medical work. And uh, the mandate was clear from Franklin. He said, go save lives uh, in so many words. So we, we knew why we were going over there. It was to provide world-class emergency medical care to people who'd been injured uh, by the earthquake. So by Friday of the week of the earthquake, our hospital was on the ground. And the government of Turkey had identified a, a very interesting place for us in Takya, which is biblical Antioch, was the site where they needed us to put our hospital. And we had it. We, we took the weekend, not this past, but the weekend before, to build it out, to set it up. Uh, we were asked to set it up on the site of a state hospital uh, in that region of Turkey. That It's a thousand-bed hospital that can no longer be used because of damage from the earthquake. So we're set up in their parking lot with our hospital, and we open the doors the 13th. So it seems like that's been a long time since then. Uh, but we opened doors on the 13th, and uh, every 10 minutes an ambulance was coming in that day. Day one, a 14-year-old boy who had survived eight days under rubble was brought to the hospital. Hmm. His mom died. His father died. Three siblings dead. But he survived severely dehydrated in bad shape. We received him that first day. Uh, he's under our care for a number of days. We've discharged him physically. He's okay, but certainly pray yeah. for that teenager. He's on his own in life in a, in a very tough situation. Aaron, uh, I, I just, when I hear stories like that, it's one right after another. But let me make sure those who are listening, you're listening to Exploring Missions. Our guest today is Aaron Ashoff. He is Deputy Director of International Projects with Samaritan's Purse. We're talking about the work 
that Samaritan's Purse is doing right now on the ground in Turkey 24-7. They've been there, and uh, so God is is doing his work there, Aaron. And 52, I mean, how many, I just got to ask this, and then you can continue, and Nathan, you may have a question. How how many airplanes does it take to get a 52-bed hospital into Turkey? Surely it's more than one. You're not far off, Bert. It was one. We we chartered a seven forty seven. Wow. We've uh, we've done this so many times that speed is of the essence. It's a muscular hospital, but we've we've got it down to exactly what's needed to set it up and run it. And we can fit the entire hospital on a seven forty seven. So we we chartered a seven forty seven in the initial days once we had those permissions from the Turkish government and sent it over on a, on a pretty big airplane. Wow. Nathan, that's amazing. I I just, I, I, that's bigger than the hospital that I was born in. Now I'm older enough to have small hospitals, but 52 bed hospital, two, two uh, surgery rooms, a pharmacy, an emergency room. Wow. Uh, Nathan, uh, that's that's making a difference, isn't it? Yeah, and that's being ready, ready and prepared uh, to act when the need is presented. Speaking to that, Aaron, just a quick question, and we'll let you get back to sharing what's what's ongoing now. But you've mentioned a few times about the government of Turkey issuing an invitation. Is that standard procedure for Samaritan's Purse in crisis response? Do you have to wait? for a government to um, extend an invitation before you can come and help? It's pretty standard, Nathan. Okay. We, when, it, when a crisis of this scale hits, typically the, the host government will issue an emergency appeal for international help, and that happened in this case. Now, for the thing we can do, there aren't many people in the world that can do it, that can send a hospital like this this fast with these capabilities so I think we're on a short list, and we uh, we put ourselves forward, and the Turkish government asked us to be there, and we, and we got there fast. But that's a fairly standard thing that will happen uh, right after a, a really big disaster. Okay, thank you. Well, let me yeah, ask you, you this. Yeah, is did you say the staff is about 100 people to run this 24-7? Yeah, Bert, we have we have close to a hundred on the ground right now. Uh, team members that are that are out there, and just to give a put a little more on, well, what's the hospital doing? We've seen over fourteen hundred patients in the in the ten days we've been operational, and over thirty eight surgeries we've done. Now, the interesting thing is that a, another earthquake hit very near to Antakya on Monday. So we'd had the hospital open for about a week, and then a 6.4 earthquake hit very near to where we had located our hospital on Monday. It threw our team to the ground, threw over the pharmacy. Uh, We saw so many more patients come to us. And an interesting thing, we talked to our lead medical director, uh, first thing in the morning, who had said we've been we've been up all night doing surgeries, helping people who've been 
uh, injured in this latest earthquake, helping first responders that have been injured. And I, I, we've, done, we've seen over 200 patients in the past day. So just a massive caseload. And, and, and the reason I brought up that director, he said we're in the right place at the right time. So that's the attitude we have when we, uh, when we go into this. We want to be right where God's placed us, and we can see exactly why we're there. It's to provide life-saving care to the people who've been affected by the earthquake. Nathan, when I hear this and hear uh, there's an old song, and I was new <laughs> when I was younger, how do you tell a hungry man about the li- the bread of life? How do you tell a thirsty man about the living water of God's word? Samaritan's purse goes in, and here they are helping them physically, but the ultimate goal is spiritual. But what an avenue for the gospel to be shared with those people there in Turkey, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, absolutely. And that's very important for us, and we know for Samaritan's Purse as well. Aaron, can I ask you, and this might be something you don't know or can't really speak to, but any idea of how long the hospital will be there in Turkey? Or if will Samaritan's Purse keep a longer-term presence if the work has to shift into another realm besides just the immediate medical needs? Well, right now we have a 90-day commitment on this emergency field hospital. Uh, that That's what we've agreed on with the, uh, the the government of Turkey. And, of course, we, you know, we, we want to be there as long as they can use our assistance. Uh, we're, we're there to help. And one thing, in, in addition to that hospital going on, the 747, we also have sent hundreds of tents, uh, thousands of hygiene kits, solar lights. People don't have electricity. Uh, we're, we're looking not only at the emergency medical, but also there are people that are outside in winter elements right now without a house, without anywhere to sleep, without all, all the basics. And so we're also looking at that. We're involved in the, the provision of emergency shelter. We're putting together uh, kits for people that include mattresses, pillows, blankets, quilts, rugs. Uh, like I said, the hygiene kits, a solar light, so that even if a home's gone down, a family has a place to to sleep at night. So we're working with the uh, the Turkish government on that. And again, we're we're there as a um, a, a guest to help. Uh, certainly, we're there in Jesus' name. So as as long as there's work for us to do, we'll be there. With that that in mind, I. The need is great, so the financial need for Samaritan's Purse is, man, 90 days. It has to be elevated, and I know because I've heard the reports of you guys already being in Ukraine and helping them because, uh, and that's been a year that this Ukrainian crisis has been going on, but now you add to this. So if people say, man, I want to be a part of helping uh, what's the best way for people to involve themselves? We know we want to pray, but if they wanted to financially be a part of this, is there a way for people to do that, uh, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely, Bert. 
you can go to our website at SamaritansPurse.org, and our headliner is helping those who are, have been affected by the earthquake in Haiti or Turkey. If you uh, just click on that, it'll tell you exactly what we're doing. It'll show you up-to-date videos of our team at the hospital, and it'll there are opportunities there to give. Nathan, when when we know that in ministries like Samaritan's Purse that have s- such a great, uh, I, you know, the whole idea, the record, the history of Samaritan's Purse being involved and it being a, let me just say, holistic. And when I say that, that means W-H-O-L-E. Uh, the whole idea is body, soul, and spirit. And Samaritan's Purse is on the front line at a crisis point, giving that to those who desperately need it. Uh, w- w- that sounds like the ministry of Jesus, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, Samaritan's Purse is maybe the prime example of, I don't know, I'm I'm thinking of the verse, and I can't tell you the, uh, the address, if you know what I mean, but that talks over and over about how God's, arm is not too short, how God can reach people wherever they are in whatever their need might be, and God can can uh, meet them where they are. But Samaritan's Purse, as a part of the body of Christ in the world, on mission, living that out, they get to a lot of places where most of us could not even think about getting to, and quickly and readily and in a way that's uh, done professionally and done well to meet needs around the world. Aaron, what is there is there on we know we know there's ongoing things happening in Ukraine and now the newest thing here in Turkey with the earthquakes and we want to get back to that. But what other international issues are being uh, addressed with Samaritan's Purse right now? We we also have a, a team responding to a, a large color uh, outbreak in Malawi. So we're, we're there again, uh, hoping to save lives, reduce suffering in Jesus' name. Uh, we have a, a medical team there that's helping a mission hospital who is overwhelmed to provide life-saving care to people who've got cholera. And then we, uh, we just finished up an amazing uh, cleft lip and palate surgical um, surger, surgeries in Yemen, which is a, an, an amazing place uh, if you're in the world of missions. It, it's unbelievable that we're there. And again, at, at the request of the government to be there uh, to, to help people, that, that's the, the platform for us. Uh, one thing we'd like to say here that I'd, I'd love to tell people who listen and are, are trying to understand who we are, that the quality of our work is the platform of our witness. Uh, so, sorry, it's it's a humbling. Uh, Amen. It's, it's humbling, like even even to uh, think of the the work God calls us to. Um, sorry, I get emotional. Amen, Aaron. You're you're talking to the guy here. It kind of gets that way himself. Nathan, my son, can tell you he had an emotional dad. But when I hear this, and I hear your heart and the I've heard the heart of Franklin Graham so many times and the ultimate goal is Jesus Christ to be known and glorified the area that you're working with uh, I know it's populated with that many people 
are these some are the I know at one time there was refugees that were headed into the southern part of Turkey. Is do you know if any of these were part of refugees from other countries? Uh, to to your question, there yeah there there are millions of Syrian refugees in Turkey in southern Turkey. Uh, I think it was very early on in opening the doors in this hospital that a two year old. Syrian refugee was brought to us, and we were able to uh, stabilize that child. Uh, the staff signed up around the clock to hold that kid upright to be able to breathe, and that was, that was a very personal one for us. But yeah, there there are many Syrian refugees here who already have fled a uh, brutal ten-year war in their country, and you get hit by an earthquake that uh, a lot of lives lost. One more thing I want to say, Nathan, or you may have another one, but can't help but think of what God can do in tragedy. He is able to take this horrible, horrible thing. Not, I'm not saying God caused it. God is able to take this thing in his sovereignty and work even good out of it. And that good is that these people get to see the hands of, of people that love Jesus Christ that are able to help them in a magnificent way. So we want our, all the people who are listening today to join in prayer. And I, I want to do this before we go off the air because time will be getting away in about two minutes. Nathan, would you take time to say a, just pray that God would bless Aaron and all those workers' protection and ask that they would see Jesus, those who are coming to this hospital? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... Samaritan's Purse and the ministry that you have uh, entrusted to them, that they uh, carry the name of Jesus into corners of the world where people are in desperate need. Thank you for their work, and especially for Aaron and his work. I pray that you would bless him, bless his team that especially right now is in Turkey, around a hundred of them who are ministering in Jesus' name to people who are in need of medical care, who are in need of emotional healing, who have basic needs of sustenance and shelter. And Lord, we ask that you would uh, place your hand on each of those staff members with your power, that they could proclaim in boldness the good news of Jesus, but also demonstrate uh, his power to heal and to help. And so we ask for your blessings on Samaritan's Purse, on Aaron and the team in Turkey. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest has been Aaron Ashoff, Director, Debbie Director of International Projects, working in Turkey. Aaron, thank you for being with us today. And give us that uh, website where people can give to help Samaritan's Purse. All right. It's uh, Samaritan'sPurse.org. And one last pitch here. If you've listened to this and you want to be involved, you want to do more than pray or give, which we absolutely appreciate. If you want to be one of our responders, go to who we are on the website. Who we are. Get involved. Amen. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. We pray that you would be on mission for God as he calls you to share the good news of Jesus Christ.